0: You are listening to Two Friends in a Book with Maddie and Matt. And this week we're going to be talking about the book The Giver by Lois Lowry.
1: I love how intensely you say <laughs> the name of the book The Giver. The... <laughs> That's dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just I love the dramatic effect. I was being I was being genuine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was a compliment? Yeah.
0: This was a very last minute decision on me and Nat's part. Uh I told her to come over and record a podcast like 30 minutes ago and Here I am. Here she is. Lucky for
1: Maddie, I don't have a social life. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Clearly, because we're both <laughs> sitting in your kitchen on a fucking Wednesday night.
0: <laughs> Talking about The Giver.
1: <laughs> when That's... was, how old were you the first time you read The Giver? What grade were you in? Or did, better question, did you have to read The Giver for school? No. You didn't? The first time I read this book was
0: literally last year. Oh, what the fuck? I was <laughs> 23. Okay. All right. And I, I fell in love with it.
1: I'm pretty my high school super failed in making us read the classics. This is one we did read, though. I think I was in eighth grader when I read it for the first time. And Ooh. then I had to reread it again when I was in grad school for a utopia, dystopia class that I was taking. Yeah, it's. And I uh, haven't read it since, and that was like three years ago. So this might be rough. You know, that's fine.
0: Um. We'll just kind of go by memory. Hence, is a, that's a main theme in this book, is memory. memory. <laughs> See? Look at that segue. Also, I just looked up the author, Lois Lowry, and, well, when I thought she was a man, she's not, uh, I thought it was Lois Lowry, but it's not Lois, and she's still alive. When did, not... did this
1: book come
0: out? Uh, That's a great question. I definitely thought it was an older book, but she's like 80... It came out in 1993. Yeah, I think she's like 86 now. Yeah, I'm
1: fucking up, Lois. I know. Yeah,
0: 1993, is that what you said? Yeah, because I'm looking it up on oh, Google. <laughs> I just looked it up on the copyright. Yeah, anyway, this book is actually on the banned book list.
1: Is this one of the books that's gonna get banned in North Dakota?
0: Oh, most definitely, because it mm-hmm. talks about euthanizing children.
1: Well they did they did just outlaw abortion. So
0: Exactly. So oh. this is uh this is probably not gonna make it.
1: Have we ever said before that we're in North Dakota on this podcast?
0: I think we said Fargo.
1: Okay, well if you didn't know we're in Fargo, North Dakota.
0: <laughs> so our lives are really sad
1: uh yeah our governor just signed a ban on abortion after like six weeks yep. and they're banning any books that have they're banning books in libraries that have sexually explicit material yeah. i'm Whoops. trying to find the article that i read recently about it Thank you. this is going to be number one in our list of where we talk about banned books Hey, there you go. That was not something we discussed prior to me saying that, but we're gonna start
0: talking about band books. Yes, we are, and this is number one. I actually, funny that we're talking about band books because on Etsy, I just bought a T-shirt that says "I'm with the band." Oh, and it has send like. Send me the link. I will. Excellent. It comes tomorrow, I think, Maddie, and it's adorable.
1: Maddie and I went to Barnes and Noble yesterday, we and did. I found out that. The fucking Rainbow Fish is on the banned book list. What the hell? So I looked into it, and apparently
0: it's because the Rainbow Fish is, you know, super exotic, and all the other fish try and take his scales away from him so that they can be exotic, too. And it—I don't know. The the Giving Tree is also a banned book. And I'm like, that's literally about a tree—
1: Speaking of the rainbow fish, this this is super obscure, and I don't know if it's still there, but the my elementary school, my preschool classroom, it had a bathroom in the classroom, and mm. there was a mural on the wall in the bathroom of the rainbow fish. Well, now that's going to get banned. It's, they probably painted over it a couple of years ago to be some sad brown color, because why would there be any individuality in America's schools? Well, that is a huge theme in Ooh. The Giver. Look at that segue. That is amazing. I know.
0: So, basically, if you guys haven't read The Giver, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Go and buy this book. It's literally $8. I'm
1: sure you could also find it for free somewhere on the internet.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think I got this book for $4 at half price books. So, there you go.
1: I don't know if I own The Giver. Can't remember if I like. I
0: think I probably own it somewhere at my apartment. I mean, that's the whole reason why I bought it, because it was $4. I was like, okay, that's sure. Cool. That's cool. And then I read it, and it was amazing.
1: And it was amazing, and it changed your life?
0: It did. So, this book is about this kid named Jonas, who lives in this...
1: Utopia. Utopia. It's supposed to be a utopia.
0: Yeah, we will circle back to that, why it isn't a utopia, Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm just, my bad. So it's about Jonas who lives in this utopia world where everybody is the same. They are all assigned to families. There's always a mom, a dad, and then a brother and a sister. And there's no color. No color.
1: It's all very black and white, bland. There's no like emotions other than just everything is just content. Yep. They all have their own rules. Like you
0: have to tell the truth. You can't lie. Uh, you have to be home at a specific time. You each
1: each birthday, like everybody that's turning the same age gets the same gifts. Like you get a bike or yeah at like twelve or something or
0: yep yep. You go to like the same classes with everybody. Same it's school.
1: A very regimented. It's a very... is regimented a word. Regiment, yeah. Okay. That's a word. Okay, cool. Well, there's a very strict regimen, regimen? whatever. Yeah, that word. Schedule. Schedule, yes. Everything, and, everything is by the book.
0: Yes. And they once you get older, there's like a group called the elders that kind of uh, assign you your profession. So there's like the birthing center where all the newborn babies come. There's the nurturing center which is where Jonas's dad lives.
1: Isn't the birthing or, center not and the lives, but... center, like, similar? I think so. I think they're probably, like, connected. Because... Well, I
0: think the birthing center is, like, helping women who give birth. And then, like, the nurturing center is, like...
1: Where they take care of the babies.
0: Yeah. But it's, like, I think it's under, like, the same...
1: Once... Two different roles, though. Yeah. Once you... Once the uh, people in this community get old enough they get released and they release people I mean not that there's really criminals in the book but I'm sure that being released is their answer for anybody who is not sticking to the status quo yes who yes they are not
0: sticking to the schedule and not sticking to the quote unquote norm of the community so Hang
1: on a sec. This is important. Okay.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, that's all. Thank you. Thank you for that.
1: You're welcome.
0: We love a good high school musical song.
1: (laughs) It's about sticking to the status quo. Yeah. Was not that Sharpay that said that? I don't know. It was in their cafeteria. I don't know. Zeke likes to make creme brulee.
0: That is true. And that's not sticking to the status quo, apparently.
1: He should like
0: basketball.
1: The skater dude played cello or something.
0: Yeah. And then Troy wanted to be in musicals. Don't they know that they're only meant for basketball?
1: They're not sticking to the status quo.
0: Really irks me. Okay.
1: <laughs> Moving on.
0: Moving on. Um, for the record, I do love High School Musical.
1: Well, your attitude when I played the song. Get your head in the it. game,
0: Natalie. <laughs> Get your head in the game. No. <laughs> I am loving this episode so far. This is moving on. So yeah, the community that they all live in doesn't have any conflict. Conflict. Sorry, I said that really weird. Conflict. Conflict. uh, No inequality. There's no divorce. There's no unemployment. There's no injustice. Or there is no choice. People don't have... Free will.
1: Yes. That's the... Yep. And... This world was created because they thought that having choice made life too difficult. And life would just be easier and happier and better for everyone if they took away their free will. So they made this bland, colorless, depressing world and called it a utopia. And we all know that's that's not how it works. Unless you don't know, because you haven't read the book yet. That's true. But plot twist it ain't all rainbows and sunshine over in the giver world.
0: Well, no, because they don't know what a rainbow or sunshine is.
1: That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Except our main character does learn what a rainbow or sunshine is. And The sun is actually the
0: first thing that he learns. It is. And uh, he discovers this because when he turned 12, they have this big ceremony called the ceremony of 12s or something. Is it when they're turning
1: 12 that Mm -hmm. they get their jobs? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? I think that's what it said here. Why Um, would you give a 12-year-old a job?
0: Yeah, the community 12-year-olds eagerly accept their predetermined life assignments. But Jonas is chosen for something special. That's fucking wild that they're giving 12-year-olds a job. Yeah, because they go through everybody alphabetical, but then they skip Jonas until the very end. And he's like, oh God, like I'm getting released, at least, yeah. So he's freaking out, and uh, he has two friends, right? I think his one friend, what is her name? I can't remember what her name is, but like one of his best friends, she gets put in the birthing center. I know that, and then his. I other thought friend...
1: she got put in the nurturing center, not the birthing center.
0: No, I think she did birthing. Her, his dad's in the nurturing center. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think she got put in the birthing. No, maybe she's over there i don't know either way basically the same thing um anyway and so he's like freaking out because that's what she really wanted and usually the elders kind of know like what you're good at while they've been watching you in school so they kind of know like what you want to do and like they'll take that into consideration like what you're good at
1: her name is fiona
0: fiona that's what her name is and so jonas is like freaking out because he's like what the heck and he's been noticing that he has like these weird capabilities where he kind of, like, sees things differently than other people in the community. Um, yes.
1: Fiona is given the job of being a caretaker of the old because she is gentle and careful. Oh. According to the Giver Wiki. So she takes care of old people. Gotcha. So
0: kind of, because she is pretty nurturing, too, so that's probably why they put her in, in that
1: role. They also have another friend, um... Asher, right? Asher, that's what his name is. What does he do? Ooh, one second, I'll tell you. Excellent. He was assigned the job of assistant recreational director in the book, but there is a movie, and he was assigned a different job in the movie. Okay,
0: yeah, the um, movie is pretty different than the book, I think. Not like totally different. It's,
1: the movie is pretty different. You haven't seen the movie? No. Uh, we I, should watch it sometime. We should. The movie is pretty different. It follows the same themes, but yeah, he was given a different job in the movie than okay. in the book. Yeah,
0: and I think he has a little sister too, Jonas does, and she's only like eight or nine or something like that, and she just got her bike. So she's at the age where they get their bikes for the first time, because they all ride around on bikes. There's no cars. They all either have to walk or go on bikes. And his mom, I think, is like in like a government position, Jonas' mom? Yeah. I think she's like a, I don't know, some kind of like public affair lady or like a court.
1: Oh, she works in the Department of Law. So I was right. Yeah. So she is like a judge. Cool. Love
0: it. Yeah. So he uh, goes last in the Ceremony of Twelves and the elders... Uh, Announce that he is going to be the new receiver. And apparently the new receiver uh, gets trained in by... The Giver. The Giver, who is this, like, old, wise man who no one really interacts with. He kind of just, like, lives.
1: He's the memory keeper for the entire community. And... For the entire, like, human race. Getting getting the position of the receiver is this huge honor because it happens like once every I don't think they give a time period but once only once like every I don't know maybe 20 years 30 years yeah I can't remember probably more than that because the giver's old as shit right (laughs) yeah uh so it's a very rare job to get and they only give it to people who they think have both the like, physical and mental capacity to handle it, because they are going to be taking over as the memory holder for mm-hmm. the entire realm yep. of whatever the Giver world is called.
0: Well, they were actually supposed to have one, though, sooner than Jonas, but it was the Giver's daughter who was going to take over as the Giver, because it takes a while for the Giver to train in the new one, and we'll get to that in a second, why it takes so long. Um, But he was training his daughter and uh, she couldn't handle it and asked to be released. So then they were on the hunt for the new giver or the new receiver. Um, And so when Jonas was born, the elders, I think, knew right away when he was born that he's going to be the new receiver. Uh, So he kind of already had his whole whole life, well, I mean, they all have their whole lives figured out when they get into
1: the community, but see. Yes. You want to know a fun fact about the former receiver? Yeah. In the movie, the former receiver is played by none other than Miss Taylor Swift. That's what I heard, that mm-hmm. Taylor Swift's in that. And I was
0: like, what? I love that. I did not know that. I know uh, Meryl Streep's in it, and that's all I know. Meryl Streep is in it and Taylor Swift. So, anyway, they, after they turn 12, they all go to their assignments to go, you know, check out, check it out, get to know like their other co workers, um, kind of get trained in. And uh, they still go to school too. They're going to school and then they go to their... their training. Yep, you know, after school. And so Jonas has to report immediately to the giver's house after school. And he really has no idea like what. This is about what's in store for him. He gets there, and it's this old man who is going to share with him memories of the world, of the human race. And his first memory, like we said in the beginning, was sunshine. Uh, The feeling of sunshine. Yes, the feeling of sunshine. And how he does this is he grabs, I think he grabs his hands... I think there's, like, some type of physical
1: connection to share the memory. Yeah. I think he has to,
0: like, touch Jonas's forehead or something. I don't know. The giver has to touch Jonas. Not in an inappropriate way. (laughs) So, yeah. And Jonas is like, wow, this is great. Like, I didn't know there was such thing as a sun or sunshine or feeling warmth or...
1: He, so after his first memory, he's super pleased with it. And he's like, yeah, this is the best job ever. Yep. And but
0: he has a lot of rules, though, where he can't go home and he can't tell his parents what he's learning.
1: Yeah, he can't share his memories with anybody else.
0: So he can lie now. He can break the rule of always being honest and telling the truth. And now he can lie.
1: So then he goes back for his second memory. Yep. the second memory he gets is sunburned. Yeah. To deal, to show the effects of being in the sun too much. Yep. So that's his first painful memory that he gets.
0: is a sunburn, yep. And then uh, I know he also experiences snow and
1: like going sledding. And he asks the giver why there's no snow in their world. Uh-huh. And the giver talks about how whoever created their world decided that snow was too difficult to work in. To work with or to live in because it made travel difficult. It it just made things difficult. So they just decided to get rid of it. Honestly, that doesn't sound too bad. Living in North Dakota, I feel, I feel, I understand why they would want to get rid of snow. In yeah. Utopia. There's not snow in my utopia either. No. I think. There's snow in my personal hell that I live in every single day. And winter. It is. April twenty sixth and we still have snow on the ground.
0: And it's still relatively cold outside.
1: Yep. I mean warmer than usual, but not warmer than usual for April.
0: Well no. But warmer Warmer than it has has been. been. There you go, that's what I yep.
1: North Dakota is terrible if you're thinking about moving here. Don't. Nope. You only move
0: here for college or if you have family here and that's it. There's no other no other perk. To living here.
1: Unless you want to be my friend, then you can move here. That's true. Maddie thinks that she gets to leave me in a couple of years. Yeah. And then I will have no friends. You can take town. that up with my husband. We'll fight about it later. Okay. Please do.
0: Um, <laughs> He's enjoying being a live audience right now for our podcast. You'll have to do a special guest appearance, Josh. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Well, hey, he's reading the sanatorium right now. Oh, that's true. I've read that book. I haven't. If you read that book too, then all three of us can talk about it. Oh my God.
0: Then it could be two friends in a book plus Josh. Just for that one episode. Okay. Perfect. Well, keep your eye, your ears out for that one. So anyway, uh, basically Jonas is, uh, you know conflicted because he's learning about all these good things like love and sunshine and going sledding but then he feels learns all the consequences of these happy things like the sunburn
1: slipping on ice i'm sure they probably gave (laughs) You have some negative memories of slipping on I do. Ice. I was gonna say the giver probably gave him some memories of like frostbite or something. Yeah. Um. So I think it's, I think it's funny, and we need to mention that these kids are 12. So he's like 12, early adolescence when he is getting these memories, and when he's getting these memories of love around the same time in his life, he starts getting what is called the stirrings. <laughs> Which, <laughs> essentially, Jonas starts getting wet dreams about his friend Fiona.
0: Yep. But they they all have to take this pill. All the 12-year-olds have to take this pill right when they start puberty. They all start getting, uh. they all have to take these pills when they start uh, going through puberty, and so they don't get these emotions of...
1: But Jonas hasn't been taking his pills.
0: Nope. Because, because he's experiencing what...
1: What all of these things that are hidden from him are and Mm -hmm. he wants to have them all the time instead of just memories.
0: And so yeah, Jonas is like, just, he's just living it up in his own little world, getting (sighs) all these teenage boy. Yep. One of the main things that causes him a lot of pain is uh, witnessing war and death. Uh, That's why
1: that's so that's around the time when he finds out that what they call the release so the old people the people that do things wrong newborns um, newborns that don't progress as well as they should or they're not big enough because there's only 50 50 children every year that are born or kept in the society selected um so any more than that 50 that don't meet the cut get released Mm -hmm. and jonas finds out that being released isn't like going to the farm like you say with or going
0: when, to elsewhere, going
1: to elsewhere, or going to the farm, like you, like your parents say, when your dog dies or something. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually like euthanizing these people, and he finds out what death is, and he gets super messed up about the fact that the society is killing people, and nobody seems to care because they don't—they just don't—they they don't understand what's happening. They think that they're being—they're being sent to elsewhere. They're going to live out the rest of their life happy somewhere. Somewhere else. Somewhere else. Um,
0: and uh, that's actually why the giver's daughter decides to get released because she was supposed to be the new giver. Uh, but she couldn't handle all of that. And so she decided to call it quits and
1: leave. She. So fun fact about that. She is the first and only person to have ever applied for release. Um, and after that, they made a rule or a law that the receiver cannot apply for release, and they also put a ban on her name so nobody could be named Rosemary anymore. So she was just kind of like, We don't talk like, we don't talk about Bruno, but like, we don't talk about (laughs) Rosemary. (laughs) Um,
0: she's the original Bruno, she's
1: the original Bruno. We also, I don't think we've talked about yet, while he's getting all of these memories and his, like, career is progressing along at 12 years old, (laughs) um, his dad, who works in the Nurturing Center, is bringing home a child uh, named Gabriel. Mm -hmm. Uh, He isn't given a name originally, but I think Jonas names him Gabriel.
0: Yeah, I think Um, they give him the name Gabriel.
1: But this child isn't progressing... In the nurturing center as quickly as the caregivers were hope would hope for Mm -hmm. so they tried they decided to try and bring him into like a house environment to see if that helps him at all um so there is a baby in the home in addition to uh jonas his sister and his parents which is
0: against the usual but they
1: they made an exception because dad works at the nurturing center and Jonas develops a special bond with this baby. I think they end up sharing a room or something. I think so. Um, but his the baby's issue is that he doesn't sleep through the night. Mm-hmm. So to help him sleep through the night, Jonas uh, touches him. And I think the first time he does it, it's accidental, uh, where he shares like a happy memory that the Giver gave him mm-hmm. with Gabriel. Um, but then he sees that it was helping the helping Gabriel sleep. So he continues to share happy memories with him.
0: Yep. And he wants to do that because he doesn't want Gabriel to get released because he now know he knows no- what that means.
1: And he now knows what love is. And yep. he is realizing that he loves Gabriel.
0: Yep. So he's trying to get him not to get released. So he's trying to help him sleep through the night. Um, but I also think there's a part in this book where every memory that the giver gives him, the giver loses it. I think is how it goes. I think you're right. Because when his daughter got released, all the memories that he gave her up to that point, he lost. Like he, he can't share that with Jonas.
1: He yeah, he couldn't share those with Jonas, but when she when she if you don't if the receiver or the giver doesn't have someone to give them to and they die or they get released those memories go back out into the general public and everyone gets them. So they would, the community got super overwhelmed with all of these horrifying memories that were given to um, Rosemary when Mm -hmm. she was the receiver, which Um, is why
0: they can't release the receiver anymore.
1: Yeah. Why they can't release the receiver. And um, it's also why the giver was so slow to give Jonas memories Because he didn't want to, like, scare him, basically. Because he Mm -hmm. knew how much the bad memories messed with his daughter. And he didn't want to do that to another kid.
0: Yeah, so he kind of starts off slow and then works his way up to the heavy stuff.
1: Yeah, the heavy stuff being, I think, warfare specifically is what fucked with Jonas the most.
0: Yeah, which led to death.
1: A lot of death.
0: (laughs) Um. And so, anyway, Jonas now, uh, towards the end of the book, realizes that uh, Gabriel is going to get released. And uh, he starts panicking, and him and the Giver devise this plan where Jonas escapes.
1: I don't think that's the only reason they started this plan, though. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure the plan was, like, forming before they knew Gabriel was getting released because Jonas and the giver decided between themselves that life life in this utopia wasn't all that great because you sure you don't have the sad stuff, but you don't have the happy things either. Mm-hmm. And the happy things outweigh the bad things. So they wanted to kind of tear down the system. Yeah. So they started devising the plan on how to do that because they knew they couldn't just kill Jonas because that wasn't something that the community would allow, so they had to come up with another plan. Yep. Which, which... just so happened to work with Gabriel going to be getting... Released. Released soon.
0: Yeah. So um, they devised this plan where... Uh, it was right before another ceremony, I think, and all the adults were going uh, to one of... I don't, It was like his sister's ceremony or something like that. And uh, he... Gets up like in the middle of the night and takes his dad's bike and takes Gabriel, and they start on the journey to leave uh, their community and go to elsewhere. Um, and then the giver was going to hang back and uh, help the community deal with all the new emotions. Because, you know, remember when Jonas leaves, all his memories are going to get uh, dispersed to the community. And so the giver was going to hang back to be like, no, no, like, this is okay. Like, this is why this is good. To help them cope with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the end of the book is basically Jonas and Gabriel on their grand adventure to elsewhere. And
1: they end up in like a snowy, like, forest almost, don't they? Where there's a sled and they like slide, sled down this hill. Yep. They're freezing. They don't. There's well they a like lot of
0: food, yeah, well, they experience like all different weather. Mm-hmm. like they like go through rain, they go through sunshine, they go through I don't know what other weather phenomenon there is
1: snow,
0: snow, yes, at the snow end snow is
1: the is the one that stuck out the most to me.
0: yeah, yeah. um, and then he starts also uh noticing color because nobody uh can see color in his community. So now he knows like what an ap- apple actually looks like, you know, an apple's actually red and not gray. Um, and so now he's noticing like all this green grass and like the white snow and the blue sky uh, while he's on this journey. And then uh, like Nat said, they get through the snow part and things start getting really, really hard because um, they don't have a whole lot of food. They're freezing Jonas is trying to keep Gabriel uh, warm and they're trying to get to some kind of shelter, come to s- somewhere, and the book basically ends.
1: It ends on like a kind of cliffhanger, Cliffhanger. come up with, like, interpret it how you will, but it ends with like them hearing music and I think seeing like a little cabin or something.
0: Or like a, a glowing light yeah, or a something. Yeah,
1: glowing light. Uh, and they hear music, but then, like, the last line is, or maybe it was just a memory or something like that. Yep. So it leaves the opening up to interpretation on whether they actually found this shelter, or did they actually just freeze to death
0: and out die
1: in this forest. Um, now, realistically, they didn't die, because there are other books in the series that mm-hmm. are... that talk about Jonas and Gabriel, um, but I don't like that there's other books in this series. I think it should have been a standalone.
0: Yeah, I um, agree.
1: Because I like leaving it up to everybody's interpretation. I know, maybe not when I was an eighth grader. No, maybe not when I was reading yeah. it in eighth Great. grade, because, I need to know. because I didn't have, like, critical thinking skills, because I was an idiot kid, um, but reading it in grad school, going back to it, I... Without knowing that there were other books in the series, mm-hmm. I would have taken the interpretation as they actually died. Yeah, I think that that would have been not a good ending, obviously because they're Whatever. dead. Yeah, but like, I think it would have been a satis maybe a satisfying ending. Um, yeah, because regardless of whether they're alive or not, those memories would have gotten released back into the community into the community.
0: So he sacrificed himself for the greater good. Of the community. So he's like Jesus.
1: What is it? He's gonna sacrifice himself!
0: <laughs> Ron, no! Ron, no! no! There
1: must be another, another way! way!
0: What does he say after that?
1: Not me! Not we, Hermione! We... You <laughs> We totally had that wrong, but you get yeah. you get the picture. <laughs> Jonas, Jonas sacrificed himself and an innocent
0: child. Like Ron does in the chess game, in the Chamber of Secrets.
1: Fuck it up, Ron Weasley. <laughs>
0: anyway, that's the book. Uh, I loved it. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, it should not be banned, but, you know, here we are in 2023.
1: I frankly don't believe any book should be banned. No. But. No. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's a really good book. And It's an interesting concept it is an interesting concept concept i i mean like everybody else in middle school went through the huge like dystopia phase oh yeah hunger games divergent maze runner percy jackson percy jackson is not a dystopia get the fuck out of here with oh uh, <laughs> is it like
0: a, or a fantasy
1: it's fantasy, man oh well um i like dystopia and even now as an adult i do still like this book i do too it's a very good book it's well written it is well written I it's love a classic Lois Lowry. And she's still alive, so.
0: Low Lowry,
1: to not to be confused with Lowry's Seasoning Salt. They're spelled different. Yes. Have you ever
0: had Lowry's Seasoning Salt? I
1: have, but you just compared
0: one of the greatest authors of our generation to <laughs> she's Lowry. She's
1: generation, Maddie. She's 86.
0: Well, we read it, though. She's still alive. It's not like Jane Austen.
1: Okay, well, I haven't read any of Jane Austen's books either. Pride and Prejudice. Nope. Sense of sensibility. Nope. That's the only two I know.
0: We do have our number one fan, Heidi, who always listens. So shout out to you, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Go, Mom. There we go. <laughs> uh anyway, uh, thank you for listening to our very last-minute episode of two friends in a book where we're a little bit uh, all over the place yeah and goofier than we usually are so i think this is gonna be one of our best ones yet this
1: guy's really pretty
0: right now it's really pretty we're gonna go enjoy that
1: all because
0: right. they can't in the giver
1: yeah they can't in
0: the giver <laughs> so we are all right that's it friends toodaloo toodaloo